presented by Baseline Times Media. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Views from the Baseline. We are in another quarantine episode. We are going to talk UFC 249 recap. I got my same, I guess, starting two at this point. Guys, uh, Chris, Gabe, how you guys doing today, man? How's it going? Doing good, man. I mean, hang it in there, man. Hang it in there. Still no sports. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, uh, you're right. I guess let's just say there's no basketball. There's no, there's no baseball. I mean, football. We gotta hold on. Um, no. Let me let me stop. Let me stop playing, man. No, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm glad to be here, guys. Uh, yeah, UFC was great. We'll get into that in this episode. Um, it's been a pleasure, man, to to honestly sit down and have the time. It, you know what? We've had time to do this, which is great. So now I can kind of figure out. This is this is doable in life. We can get on. We can talk sports. We can wa- try to watch sports in between, and um, we can run a show here. So, gentlemen, uh, how's quarantine life? Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. How's your quarantine life going? Ah, uh, man, it's doing good out here in Arizona. Like, uh, it's been pretty, uh, pretty. I mean, I don't want to say easy, but better than other places, so to say. Uh, Look like we got the they got the word today that gyms and pools will be opening up here soon. So. Looking forward to that, being able to get back out, get into a little bit of a routine. Wow. Uh, yeah, man, I can't complain. Can't complain really here. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. Um, yeah, I agree. I got to be honest. You know, I kind of strayed away. From, it's been about two weeks now where I've kind of strayed away from looking at the numbers. Uh, I've strayed away from looking at places reopening and I just kind of take word from mouth and maybe Twitter and I don't know, man. I just feel like we're at a point now where everything is just, it's here. You know, coronavirus is here. It's COVID-19. It's here. It's, it's just kind of reaches worse. So if it gets any worse, I don't want to hear it really. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at with it. But, um, you know, obviously I'm not one to ignore what the first responders, nurses are doing, doctors, and, you know, kudos to those people. They still got to, at this hour right now, we're going to leisurely talk about sports. They there's within an hour of us recording this, nurses are definitely putting in some serious work and have probably been hours mm-hmm. at work. So, you know, you, you got to think about it from that perspective. But uh, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. Oh, so, yeah, shout out to, you know, Arizona. Obviously, uh, currently, you know, it seems like uh, our, our governor here in Florida, DeSantis, will we'll be eyeing to see how that opening of gyms and pool go and and I guess Gabe, you know, we might be being able to go to the pool, public pool at least. How how's your quarantine going, Gabe? Uh, pretty much the same, you know, working from home, um, doing kind of a, a little bit of a necessary shopping. But um I mean that's to be expected because nobody's going out. But uh yeah, other than that, you know, I, I well me personally down here, um, I feel like we're gonna be working from home for at least another month. I don't think like our counties are ready to open up anytime soon compared to the counties up north. So I feel like our counties down here, we're, we're going to be in this stay at home thing for at least another month for sure until we get like a fall reopen. But uh, other than that, with me, yeah, it's just pretty much working and just spending as much time with my family as possible. They drive you nuts. <laughs> right. Yeah, well. You know, in Florida here, I guess things are kind of turning to more of an opening phase versus some place like Los Angeles County, yeah, where yeah. they're deciding to close down for what is it through through July? Is it the end of the July? Maybe August when they're deciding to maybe reevaluate unless things dramatically get better. So yeah, and also I want to say for our, for like Miami Dade County, you know, because once they open up our beaches, you know, it's a it's a hot spot. So the minute they open that up, you have everybody flocking to it, and they don't want everybody from all over the country coming down again, yeah. you know, and just rewrapping this whole thing all over again. So that's why we're more cautious with reopening, opposed to other counties. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it, it's. There's a lot of data and science behind it, guys, that we, we can get into on a whole different topic, but, you know, it is what it is. What we're concerned about, obviously, like we said on the last episode, is that we will take fanless sports. Um, We'll get into the UFC 249 recap. Pretty much our first glimpse at something that was um live and fanless, in a sense. Um, Obviously, wrestling, it's, it's at this point still being taped, but 
nonetheless still fanless as well so that still kept ongoing but the ufc was a return to um live sports um you know a couple of hot takes here guys uh gabe you want to share any thoughts about the last dance episode did you catch up with uh yeah episodes yeah, no. seven and eight yeah, I caught him. I caught him. It was just surprising, I guess, to... Well, at the same time, you know about Jordan's gambling issues, but um, the whole conspiracy theory is about how he got his pops killed or how newspapers ran with that story, and then the whole David Stern secret suspension just kind of felt like, okay, was it true? Was it not true? And obviously the people themselves addressed the issue. and They're denying it. Yeah, and then the whole fight with Steve Kerr, it just feels like... You know, like, like all all his teammates know Jordan's an asshole. We kind of know that too. But it's good just to get the inside details about how it all plays out and and how they how it translates to the court and winning championships. So yeah, um, uh, I actually well, I me and Chris did you know the recap episode in Demario's absence and um you know one of the things I asked Chris on that episode and I, I would like to ask everybody and I think I know what the answer is but just to kind of get an argument for it but his second repeat was more valuable much more valuable in an obvious fashion right you would feel the same way i would say yes because like you said when he came back in 95 they got eliminated in the playoffs by shacks uh young or then the magic team so he wasn't quite there yet and i feel like he had to do a lot more in a second repeat to really really enjoy it you know what i mean so I, I would think so, yeah. The second repeat, even though both, like, uh, three-peats had their own meaning. Like, the first one, he had to get past the Pistons, and he finally got yeah. over the hump. And then the second repeat was him coming back and seeing if he could still do it, which he did. So they both had their own, like, special meanings to each three-peat. But I think the second one, yeah, was a little bit tougher because he was older. Yeah. I mean, the way I see it in, in comparison is that, you know, you have, like, that story of struggle and you know, defeat at some point. And while it's not at the basketball court, it was with his dad passing and, and losing his dad. You you lost something in your life, but then you come back on the other end and, and basketball is where you've always been great at. You come back and you win still there. Um, so you kind of overcame a couple things. And then on top of the physical aspect of changing your body to work out for a baseball game versus a basketball game and then having to go back and revert to it. And, um, you know, Tim Grover hit on, you know, if he were to go ahead and train his body for the basketball part you do that and then <laughs> you know it you can risk you know kind of tearing up your body to go back to the you know basketball body as well so you know clearly a, a lot um no that's great you know I, i'm enjoying it man i'm, I'm excited for episode nine and ten and i hope they have some bonus episodes trickled in between for us and um I'm I'm really like I said I'm really interested in the uh, whole what technically Jordan came back two times to me and you know obviously he retired came back once repeated again and then he came back and played with the Wizards for a couple of seasons so you know I'm I'm just really interested in, in hearing that story hopefully they can hit on it for a little bit longer than just two minutes um overall um guys let's talk about a couple of hot takes here as well move down the list here. Um, Gabe, you said it's a false, a false report here. It looks like there was uh, text messages going out to NBA players on behalf of the NBA Players Association to survey um players and see if they're willing to come back. Um, so that's that was a rumor. Supposedly, it's false. Yeah, it was shot down by the Players Association. Yeah, people are so desperate for sports, and <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yep. And then yeah. um. I, you know, there's another report, and I, I don't, not even doing too without doing too much research about uh, some of the big guys doing a conference call together, talking about pushing for a return. LeBron, Dame Lillard, oh. Russ. I didn't see that. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's some little rumor out there floating around. Like I said, I'm not sure how much weight is behind that. Um, looks like the MLB too is definitely taking some serious turns. Uh, Chris. Looks like uh, we you know we talked about that here. Um, the owners have proposed. Uh, looks like a July return there, and um, they gave a presentation of how they can safely return. And you know, I mean, guys, we can always talk about this you know, week after week. What's the best ways? But 
at the end of the day, man, you know, I just think it, it comes down to the responsibility of, you know, you can't force somebody to want to protect themselves in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, mm-hmm. what do you do? And if you can't put your best product out there, now you're battling. Do I put my best, you know, do I, do I put, do I put the guys out there to play and I mean, I have my best product and try to make a little bit of money or do you sacrifice not making any kind of money? Um, we know the NBA is definitely hurting. Uh, China is still not willing to air NBA games. Uh, in February, Adam Silver stated that it was a three million, three hundred million dollar loss by them not uh, broadcasting NBA games. Isn't that crazy? Three hundred million dollars by not broadcasting. And they're still beefing with the NBA, not really going forward to. China's beefing with everybody right now, so yeah. Yeah, I saw a tweet today that said, oh, you know, we should stop relying on China for everything. But then someone kind of clapped back and was like, well, you know, good luck telling the players to take less revenue because that's what's going to happen. You know? <laughs> yeah. Man, it's going to be a battle, man. It's going to be a long battle. It, it, it really is. It's so tough. It, it's that's what it is. It, you know, financially, things are, are. It's a financial battle for the owners. It's does it make sense to play? Can I profit off of it? Do I just take the loss this year, come back in December? I mean, you know, there's so much to weigh, man. I, like I said, I'm not. I'm glad I'm not in the, du- the direction to or in position to make these decisions at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the interesting headline here. Uh, Mamba Academy drops. It's a Mamba Academy that drops the Mamba part in order to honor Kobe. Like, so mm-hmm. you don't you want to honor him, but you dropped his name from. The camp, the academy. How do you guys feel about that? Like, does that make sense? I mean, I thought it was odd because I feel like if you wanted to honor him, you would keep the name and hopefully that gym will live on forever. But so it's like, then dropping a name in essence, you're kind of saying, okay, we're moving past that. I mean, I know that's probably not what they're thinking because they said they wanted to honor him. But the, the consensus is that if you drop the name, it means you're trying to move on. Instead of honoring him, like if you wanted to honor him, you would have kept the name, and you know people would go to the academy for that particular reason. So yeah, I mean that's that's just my opinion on it. If it just feels like you know it's a bit strange to drop the name now, but I mean who knows what what the things that are going on behind the scenes with the whole name academy? Maybe management came in and decided to change it to something else. We just know all the details about it. But yeah, that's just my take on it. Right, I, I feel I. Yeah, I mean, usually, usually people um, are, you know, they 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 are they're passed on and their lives are honored by renaming mm-hmm. gyms. You know, <laughs> so you have a lot of different places. A high school is renamed because someone passes, and yeah, this kind of seems backward. How do you feel about that, Chris? Like, is this like the best way to honor Kobe by dropping the Mamba part? Uh, well, meeting up right here, I guess the Kobe Bryant estate. Um, uh, ask for it to be taken out. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it was a mutual agreement, mutual agreement between the founder. Um, yeah, not too much, not too many details. But yeah, like he said, you would think that you would want to honor him. Uh, but I can see from the estate's uh standpoint, them thinking you know the guy might try to exploit that name and try to uh get you know some type of talent in there. And not necessarily do what um, uh, would be best, yeah, you know, in the Mamba name, so to say. So, uh, tough, tough, you know, tough situation for sure. Yeah, well, and, uh, I mean, what happens. knowing that, yeah, I guess it's it's it explains a lot. But then it's kind of like, man, you know, well, in the first place, I mean, I don't know too much about the economy itself internally. Internally, what happens within it, who's at the helm, but. I guess you know, uh, he, to protect. Kobe Bryant partnered up in 2018. Partnered up with the sports academy, youth training sports business, mm-hmm. and then uh, led to the change in the name Mom, to the Mamba Sports Academy back in 2018. So I guess yeah, he did a lot of work there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he was like a co-owner or what. You know, I'm sure he put some type of investment in for sure. But I guess you know, at the end of the day, look, there's this guy Chad Faulkner, that's the owner of the CEO founder. Currently, you know, so uh, I mean, yeah, it's an interesting battle for sure. See what happens with it. 
Right. So, so basically, what they're doing is they're dropping the name you're saying in regards to not really use Kobe as isn't the name as clout to attract talent, and because this person that that's kind of what just the doesn't have the best behind. Yeah. It. There's no like so Oof. to say. Um, that's know, tough. There hasn't been any any official, you know. Yeah. Put out. It's all speculation. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. it, it's very strange though. You know, you kind of. Kind of wonder what goes on behind the scenes there, but no, you know, obviously, I, I mean, at least at some point, you know, maybe some sort of way to honor. I mean, because at the end of the day, if Kobe had some impact when he came in, I would think that you can at least give some sort of honor in a way, whether it, hey, we'll drop the Mamba and just call maybe our gym, call it the Kobe Bryant gym or something, you know, and, and go from there. It's not necessary to make money off his name, it's just we're just renaming a gym of you know, renaming the name of the gym because the guy had so much to do with giving us success here. I mean, I would want to do that, but you know, each of their own, like you said, uh, a lot of speculation there. Um, fellas, last um, hot take here before we get into some UFC 249 recap here at the bottom of the show. Um, ESPN is going through again, their top NBA players rankings. And of course, you know, year after year, we all have Facebook, Twitter, and group chats blow up about with us fellas about this. So interestingly enough, you know, today it looks like, uh, (laughs) They put Scottie Pippen, I believe, at 21st. Now, in front of him, ranked in front of him, uh, a couple guys such as KG, Dirk Nowinski, Moses Malone, and Carl Malone. Um, any thoughts about that? You guys feel like, based on the Last Dance documentary, apparently everybody now believes Scottie Pippen was that damn good. <laughs> so, how do you guys feel about Dirk and KG getting a little bit more love than Scottie on the list? Man... Look, all right, take out Carmelo. Just throw him, throw him in the garbage. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but he's not above <laughs> Scottie Pippen. So that's out. All right, now you go to Moses Malone. He's before my time. Uh, you know, I'm an old dude, but he, he's before my time. So he played with Charles Barkley. But um, as far as KG and Dirk over Pippen, I, I don't I don't see that. Oh, wait, wait. Well, so is Pippen ahead of those guys? He's no, no, Pippen's now? behind these guys. No, see, I, I don't agree with that. He's the defensive player of the year, more championships. Uh, point the first point four we know of. So I feel like he had a way more vital role in his team than those other guys have done. Now you can point to okay, well he played with Jordan, so it was easier to do what he did in his role. That's cool and all, but still you can't diminish his talent and what he brought to the game. How he how they kind of kept him afloat once Jordan left the first time, even though you know they didn't do so well. But he still got him in the playoffs and they did fairly well. So I I don't see KG or Dirk ahead of him. That's just me. Dirk has one championship. KG also won championship. Um, they barely. I mean, they they've had great careers, but I I don't think they're ahead of Scottie Pippen. So I'm gonna disagree with this list. Most of alone, I can't speak on it because, like I said, he's before my time. What about you, Chris? How do you feel about Scottie? You know, being ranked behind these guys. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, Scotty was good and you know, all, man, but I think he gets propped up with the championships myself, personally. I mean, it depends on what you value, you know. depends on what you value. Well, I mean. At the end of the day, I don't know. I'd take Carl Malone over him just, like, for, I mean, I don't know. They're, they're different players. All those guys are different players. It's tough to, like, rank those guys. They're doing different things on the court, so. Yeah, I mean, comparing small, none of those guys are small forwards. None of those guys are, you know, those guys are all like bigger forwards. Yeah, I was was a little like thinking about Carl. Gabe definitely gave me, I think, I give a little bit more credit to Carl Malone than you probably would, Gabe. Uh, but because, um, I I feel like Carl Malone might might be the only guy on that list, man. Yeah, that, that was the only guy on the list. I'm, yeah, I might give a little bit more love to and give a nod if I really had to sit here and like stack rank these guys, man. Um, but to give you an idea, Scotty's ranked at 20th. Sorry, 21st. Garnett's 20th. Uh, Dirk Nowinski's 19th. So, I mean, they're really interchangeable at that limit there. So, it's not like Dirk Nowinski's number 12 and you got Scotty ranked number 20, 21. That's, that's completely crazy. I mean, it's so tiny, a bit close. It's just... I don't know. I feel like in the rankings, they, they may have just showed Nowinski a little bit more love just because he really was the guy, you know, in Dallas. He really wasn't 
partnering yeah, with like a Michael, you know. Guy, you know, maybe if Pippen got drafted to his own team and got, like won one championship and you know averaged twenty five points, but that's just one was a career, you know. I don't know, it's tough. Yeah, would you? Would you? I mean, take... He has skill. He could ball for sure. You know. Yeah, Gabe, yeah, Would you take Carl Malone over uh, Scotty, or you would take Scotty over Malone? I mean, like I said, okay. Let, let me take back the throw him in the garden. That was, <laughs> that, that, that was a bit disrespectful. I'll admit that. But would I take him over Scotty? Like I said, like Chris said, they, they play different positions, so it's hard to compare the positions. I just think that you know, Scotty, his role was a little bit bigger. Grant, like I said, he had Jordan, but still, Scotty was a point forward. You know, he was a small forward, but he handled the ball a lot. He bought the offense up the court. He initiated a lot of the offense. You know, Carl has Scott. He had uh, John Stockton. You know, Malone was a great player in his own right. Power forward, probably what second or third in all time, I think, behind. Yeah, Michelle. I think he's the second point all time. I think. I'm saying, in general, in terms of ranking, isn't he behind Mikel and uh, Tim Duncan? I, I, I mean, I don't know the order I, with those two. Power guys. forward, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Duncan, I put up there above him. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Tim- tough though. You're picking out hairs. That's the thing. You're splitting hairs. No, that's true. That's true. I would say Tim Duncan's far ahead of everyone else, and then okay, not far ahead of everyone else. I say Tim Duncan. Okay, then Kevin McHale, and then you can put Carl Malone behind him. But um, Moses Malone has some numbers. I'm looking at Moses Malone's numbers. He had a year with 24.8, 17.6. Like he's some crazy numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I don't know if Scottie Pippen's. I don't know if necessarily Scottie Pippen's. Even if he is the man, if he's putting up 25 and. Seventeen and a half, you know. And it's like, like I said, I don't know. We can't do. It's hard to compare errors to. Right. No matter what you say, what you do, it was really hard because the game was was different back then. The hand checking. Yeah, seventies, eighties, the nineties, two thousands. Oh Fight literally for jumping in the paint. It's like you can't do that now. So it's like it's really hard mm-hmm. to compare errors. But when I take Malone over Pippen, I would say no. That's fair. I mean, you know, Scotty was like you said, guys. Like you guys said, it was more like a point forward guy. So it kind of really depends on what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build. You know, um, defensively, I think Scotty was 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 the guy. I think more versatile as a, of a defender. So I I might take Scotty as a piece, for, you know, versus Malone if you had to make me choose. But I mean, yeah, Malone. They're both they're both good in their own right. You can't go right. Yeah, I mean, Malone's second on the list for scoring. So you know, obviously that's mm-hmm. not gonna last too long. But uh. <laughs> But uh, you know, yeah. it's it's to me, yeah, it's it's amazing, man. To me, it's amazing to uh, see this list here. Um, but I mean, I think they're like really close together. They're literally within you know the three spaces that can be interchangeable. I might mm. shift Scotty back down to you know maybe where Dirk is and like bump Dirk back up. I probably will take Dirk over a KG. Um, I'll take Dirk over KG. I'm I'm gonna say it. I, I think I like the I like Dirk over KG. Um, no, I, I, I'm I'm a second on that opinion. I, I agree with that. But I feel like a lot of guys who like defense, man. If you you want to build a defensive team, if you like defense because you always I, lately what I've been hearing is like, oh well, the defensive teams, defensive teams, defensive teams. It's great. Like people want to take the guys with, with the defensive experience or the defensive awards, and that's great, man. Like like I don't like I have nothing against that. I mean, I might I might yeah. I think we gotta look at the criteria. What is ESPN's criteria? For this list, because I'm in question. They have Kevin Durant <laughs> at number 14. Then they put Curry at 13, and then Hakeem at 12, Oscar Robinson at 11, and then they'll they'll release the top 10 at a later date. Um, but Durant, I don't know. I might put him a little bit higher there. I, I would rank him over Curry. Um, but I don't know, man. I think Durant might be top 10 for me. I just feel like. Just the way he is, I would have to see what the top ten looks like. I, I feel like Durant, 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 man. Whether or not I mean, you I like him going to Golden State I mean, is. I gotta see the whole list now. Yeah, I mean, I it's the whole list. No, it's it's an intense list, man. Like I said, we 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 could we can go not for hours on this, but uh, yeah, interesting list there. I, I just wanted to pick a pick a bone with you guys, see what you felt about uh, you know, uh, Scotty, and, and, and in light of everything, especially coming off the episode where Scotty sits down and doesn't want to go in the game. Uh, because um, he's not gonna get the last shot over Tony Kukoc, so just wanted to get that out there. That was crazy, yeah. That was so crazy. I mean, well, it wasn't Scotty apparently, but he did it. <laughs> yeah, do it. Jesus.
just opening up the conversation here for UFC 249 recap, fellas. I gotta say, you know, we we all sat down last week. We had a conversation about the quality of this and just Dana White trying to rush to just get something out there, trying to protect his brand. But I gotta say, it was one hell of a fight night. It was great. I loved it. Um, I'm not really the biggest UFC fan, meaning in a sense like I'm gonna take basketball over it. That's my first love. I want to take a football game over it. UFC is oh, just no. gonna be off to the side. But this was amazing to me. It was great. Uh, what do you think, Gabe? You know. I know we were texting back and forth. How did you feel about the whole entire fight night? First off, the, the viewing experience was really good because there was no audience. You can hear all the coaches. You can hear all the hits. You can hear the team, the, the fighters communicating with the coaches. You can hear the fighters listening to the judges or you're listening to the commentators. So it, it was almost like Dana White's contender series where the fight without an audience. You just fight mm-hmm. with the execs and other fighters. So I, I enjoyed that experience more because it was like you heard every single hit, every single sound effect, and all the details that went into the fights. But, um, yeah, as far as the fights recap, we, we can go through it. Just let me know when you want me to start, and we can get this thing rolling. <laughs> Gabe's ready to go because, <laughs> man, I asked Gabe, you know, we, we were doing a DraftKings. I said, hey, send me a lineup. This guy sent me, like, 20 different lineups. I'm like, damn, like. <laughs> He sent me a picture of his notes. I was like, this guy was ready for this fight night. Dude, you were definitely fiending, man. Um, no, it was an exciting show. I, I loved it. Uh, you know, Chris, I know we, we gave some insight a little bit on the uh, Last Dance recap episodes. I mean, but how, how did you feel overall? Like, this was this was a good showing for UFC, right? Is that how you feel? Yeah, from top to bottom, from the beginning. Uh, started off with some good fights. I mean, even on the uh, prelim, I mean, they had the, they had the two, three hours of coverage on the regular ESPN, too. So if you didn't mm-hmm. want to. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and necessarily buy the pay per view. You can still, you know, still got some good, good fights. And that uh, mm-hmm. that, that Luke Price fight was crazy. So I mean, yeah, yeah, was, dude, uh, there was some good fights on that. I, and I and I I really got to appreciate the fighters because I felt like they really didn't want to play or fight too conservative. They all kind of just gave an all effort. Like they, the best talent and ability mm-hmm. that they had, I felt like they all just laid it on the line as best as they could, and and nobody really disappointed at all. Um, you know, the prelims, obviously, the fights are a little bit more longer. They went longer rounds. I mean, there's only, there are only three rounds, you know, besides the championship rounds for those casual mm-hmm. fans. But, you know, it was still good to see. And um, I, I enjoyed all of them. It, it felt a little weird to start watching UFC at 6 o'clock, right? And you start seeing fights come out at 7 o'clock and stuff like that. It's, it felt different, but it, felt, it, was a, it was a long night because I think the um, last fight ended at around 1 a.m. Eastern time. And that's mm-hmm. what time it was in Jacksonville. So um, it was a good fight night. Um, I wanted to talk about the 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 Pettis and the the Cowboy fight. How do you guys feel about that one? I mean, I think I, think I told you via text, uh, Chevy, that um, Pettis has a knack for laying eggs and in fights he should win, and that fight was an example of that because I actually had Pettis winning in the second round based on. Uh, Cowboys' recent losses, and he's, he's getting up there in age. I mean, 36. He, that's not old in old years, but it's old for fighting years, even though you got fighters fighting at age 42 and up sometimes. But I thought Pettis should have took control of that fight a lot sooner than what he did. And to be honest, I thought Cowboy actually won. I think I told you that night. I was like, this might, Cowboy might actually won this fight. Yeah. Because it was so close to judge it. You really had no idea who was going to fight. It was back and forth there. And, you know, Cowboy actually did better than I thought. So, but for Pettis to get the split decision, I believe, I think it was a split decision, was, even he was shocked. Like, yeah, well, I see, then, yeah. I, I, got, I got the decision victory, but that could have gone either way. But, um, yeah, all in all, it, 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 was, it was a good fight. You know, I expected more from Pettis. But the thing about Pettis is that he got so much at a younger age. Remember, he's on a Wheaties box. He was a champion early. He's known for highlight reels. So at this point in his career, I think he's just pretty much fighting just to fight, in my opinion. Yeah, I would feel I feel the same way. I feel the same way about it too. Um, what about you, Chris? Uh, how do you feel about this one as well? Because this was like the last fight right before we got to see the main card start, and I, I think it was placed very well because it was one of those where you're not really sure what you're gonna get because both guys are kind of coming off of a couple of consecutive losses. I believe Cowboy was. Um, not some, you know, I'm sure Pettis, it sounds like Pettis was if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
it was kind of like sky's limit for each rider, right? They they kind of desperately needed to win. Um, but I feel like Anthony Pettis needed to win more than Cowboy. What about you, Chris? Did you feel like? I mean, Pettis needed this yeah, win. Yeah, same thing. I felt Pettis needed it a little bit more, but uh, Theroni came out to fight for sure. They both. I mean, it was one of. I feel like this one was was one of those fights, especially because they're friends. They don't really like, and I don't like it when they do that necessarily. They put friends in, in there, and that's one of the things I would never be able to go in there and, you know, go head to head like that. I don't know how some of those guys do that. Because, you know, at the end of the day, they're they're really good friends. You got to go in there and beat each other up. So, I, mean, I guess once you get hit, you know, it changes things. But, uh, I mean, I, I feel like for that fight, I could kind of see that. I mean, it, and they were just a little bit more friendly in that fight. So it's like, I, and Cowboy had won, or uh, Pettis had won before. I feel like he kind of felt like he had the advantage. Um, Cowboy did have the two takedowns, so I mean, yeah, it was definitely close for sure. But I feel like uh, Pettis did, you know, just enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was close for sure. Yeah, yeah, the whole the whole friends things, you know, I agree with it too. And I just felt like it was one of those little like, to me, it felt more like an entertainment fight for the lead into the main card. So it was just like one of those like friendly like entertainment fights, and because at the end they're just kind of exchanging blows for a little bit, and it's just like, all right, cool. Like it was nice to see that to kind of hype up like a fake crowd that wasn't there. But then again, it's like, all right, like uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like I felt like like Pettis should have won the fight, but he didn't perform. Like like you said, Gabe, he laid the egg. Um, what what about the future though? Like, what do you think about Pettis's future now? I mean, you think at this point those guys are just fighting the fight? I mean, yeah, I think they're just fighting for money. It's, it's for a check. Like, yeah, it's just Cowboy admitted it as much when he fought McGregor. I feel like, like I said, and Pettis got so much at a younger age. So I feel like now it's it's pretty much for the money. I mean, I'm pretty sure they like to fight as well because a fighter likes to fight. But as yeah. far as chasing goals to be a champion, I think those winners have already closed on both of them. Right, right. Um, any other uh, standout fights you guys want to highlight in the prelim round? Say in the prelims? Yeah, the prelims. Let's just uh, focus on the prelims here. I mean, I, I know one. I, I think we're on the same page, Gabe. Which one? Did you, which one did you like that surprised you? I think I told you on the other podcast, Nico Price. Um, the dude is a wild fighter. I love watching him fight. I, I thought he would, you know, handle Vincent Luque at least in a rematch. I thought he would probably, you know, come out on top. Yeah, but just seeing his fight—he's he's a very entertaining fighter. He's very unorthodox. He throws hits from all different angles, and um, he catches you off guard. But man, he's a gamer. But Vincent caught him in that last round. Yikes! Knocked him on his ass. So mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was it was a very very good fight. Like I said, I, I'm a fan of Nico Price. Much, a lot of people don't know about him, but he's he's actually a pretty decent fighter. And yeah, Vincent also another good fighter. The dude, he was he was the technical fighter of the two, as you can tell. While Nico Price is more of just a wild style, yeah, unorthodox, throw elbows and random kicks all over the place. But that was a really good fight. What about you, Chris? Anything that surprised you in that uh, prelim round? Uh, that that was that Price and Luke fight was crazy. But I also uh, had my eye on that um, that Mitchell. Uh, Bryce Mitchell. And, Bryce, uh, yep. Charles that's Rose mine. Yeah. <laughs> crazy on the ground. Crazy grounding. I will. I will say this. I'm not too much of. I. I like seeing the slugfest. I love seeing like the heavyweight slug out. I love seeing just blow for blow. And uh, but Bryce Mitchell surprised me a lot. I liked. I enjoy, I actually enjoyed that. I enjoyed seeing the ground game and the groundwork on that fight because it was. And the cool part is that uh, you kind of got a little bit more clarity from the announcers without having a crowd and, exp- yeah. you know, better explanation. I felt almost like they were catering to, like, a simple crowd, too, a casual crowd. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed that one. I, I liked that one. That was pretty cool. Um, he, and, you know, Bryce Mitchell deserved that. I think you called that game. Um, oh, yeah. And, and it's funny what you just said because you said you enjoy more of the stand-up fighting what I want to say, when I got into the MMA fights, that was me as well. I hated ground and pound. I hated rushing. Right. I hated submissions. I was like, it's so boring. Stand them up and fight. But real fans, or not, I'm saying real fans, but like fans of the sport for a long period of time, right? You come, you come to enjoy the technical part of the wrestling because what he did, attempting that many twisters, 
first of all, the twist and submission is really done in MMA. And he had that maneuver at least four to five times in, in one match. You don't see people being submitted with a twister. And he kept getting Rosa in that position. Do you know how hard that is to do in MMA to get a fighter in a submission position every single round, almost twice a round? So, yeah, I called that match. I said, Thug, uh, Thug Nasty, watch out for him. And, yeah, he's, he's going to be one to watch as a future fighter. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I absolutely. I think so. I, I really think so. And he's definitely got uh, a little swag to him, man. So uh, I think yeah. he. I think he's down. He's definitely ready. Um, yeah, the pre- the prelims were great, man. I think I enjoyed it. Obviously, you know, it transitioned right into the main cards. Uh, getting into the main cards, you know, we obviously uh, saw a couple. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, the numbers ran where uh, four of the five cards ended in a TKO. Um, you know, starting off with one of those controversial TKOs. Uh, Triple C and Dominic Cruz. Oh, my upset pick. Oh, my God. I really had Dominic Cruz winning that fight. I mean, not that fight in particular, because I think that was just, I don't know, I think it was more of an even fight. But, yeah, you got caught, and that's all she wrote. Now, the controversy came, obviously, when, like, when Henry C. Rudo needed him to the face. Yeah, he got on him. He, he stunned him, for sure. You saw it. And in slow motion, you could see, yeah, he was taking unnecessary shots and unanswered shots. So for him to say, okay, yeah, I was getting up to my feet, yeah, that's true, but the referee in the fight has to protect you at all costs. Yeah. So while some people think it's a short stoppage, at the same time, you take that many blows to the head, you got to kind of intervene, you know, and, and kind of call it off. Yeah. Um, I guess, man. How do you feel about that, Chris? It's tough, man. It's tough. That's what I've noticed about watching this more and more is that a lot of it does matter, and that's what Dana says a lot, man. You can't leave it up to the refs at the end of the day. You got to kind of put it into your own hands. Mm-hmm. And you can't leave it up to the judges either, you know. It's like you got to just do it. I mean, I mean it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. You got to just, you know. And and it's tough because you, you, don't, you don't want these guys getting hurt. I mean, yeah. you know, it's – and in theory, you know, you really should have to really knock the guy out, you know. You got, the guy should be out. You know, but that's the only way to really do it. You know, you you can't have these guys getting knocked, you know, knocked out completely. So it's like oh, every time. So at some point, there's got to be a line where you know. So yeah, but it's tough, man. It's tough for sure. Yeah, at four fifty-eight, there's two seconds left in the round. It's tough. Right. Yeah, that was the biggest thing too, and I felt like you know, even if he was getting up, like you said, Gabe, it's really difficult to judge. Like, all right, you know, while you are getting up, it does. If you're defenseless still, you know, at that point, you know, where do you call it? Yeah, where do you call it, like, as a referee? Because that's the toughest part. Because from the angle, we kind of got, like, the back angle of it, the side back angle. We couldn't really see all the way when it was live for me, at least, um, from what I remember. And it's just really difficult. But, um, I mean, it's definitely controversial. Like, I guess, obviously, Cruz was upset about it. He said, like, five times in his interview. Uh, How about Triple C retiring, guys? Uh, You know, definitely... (laughs) Um, I, I'm not sure if you guys saw. He's posted a picture of the three belts and the little heads that he he had. <laughs> yep. That that's hilarious, man. Uh, that that's that guy's a character, man. But uh, he's he's finally gone, man. How you feel about his legacy, Gabe? I mean, it's funny because he he has done a lot in his short legacy. You know, he beat Mighty Mouse, which was debatable in my opinion, to win the title, and then he went up and fought the other the uh, other flyweights. He took out T.J. Dillashaw, who was you know regarded as one of the best in that division. And then he took out Marlon Marais, another good striker. So I feel like, yeah, he's accomplished a lot in the time he's been doing it. And then Cormier made a point that, also in, in the broadcast, that him Cejudo, you know, he retired from wrestling, even though he was pretty good at it. He just, you know, retired from Olympic wrestling, you know, or right. that type of wrestling. So it's like, yeah, he knew this was going to happen because if the money wasn't right, he felt like, okay, I've done all I had to do. I've won Olympic gold medals. I've won two UFC title belts in different divisions. Unless the money's right, I'm retired. And that's exactly what he said. He retired. If Ben wants him back, he knows the number. Boom, we'll get him in. But as far as legacy, yeah, I, I think he's been pretty good for himself. It almost makes you think about somebody recently, huh? Somebody named Mike. In a sense, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, why, why kill yourself, you know, to, to win more when you've won enough, you know? It's kind of like... I guess you get to that certain point where you just don't feel the challenge, man. And you're just like, all right, this is it. Because that was pretty abrupt and in the middle of a whole pandemic. And it's just, hey, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, bro, when you when you win enough, you're like, what else is entertaining in life? I mean, 
I feel them, yeah. you know. So you can just imagine, you know, beating up on your little brothers, you know, Craig, yeah, you got brothers, you know, growing up and playing video games and stuff. It's like, all right, I'm, I beat you many times. Like, let me play with like a lesser team or like a lesser rated team and see, you know, it's like, oh, I beat them again. It's like, dude, what is the point of it? Like, you just get yeah. bored. You get bored. But uh, yeah, man, uh, how about Greg Hardy, guys? Greg Hardy actually won a match. Um, He unanimously won by decision. Uh, how do you feel about his victory so far, Chris? Uh, that was good, man. He got tested for sure. He got tested on early in that fight. Um, you know, it's not, he's realizing, you know, that it's not just you're fighting some random guy on the street. You're fighting, you know, guys right. that are trained and that guy, you know, I mean, I'm sure Greg Hardy could beat up in a lot of people, but it's like you get in there with some guys your size and that has some training and has, mm-hmm. you know, has years of experience on you at the end of the day. I mean, he's still fairly new to fighting. So, I mean, it was, he's learning on the fly. Uh, yeah. It's interesting that, you know, like I was saying, it's interesting that, you know, he was taking the the uh, advice from Cormier, like he said, that mid, mid-fight, mid change it up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he's learning as he goes. I mean, you know, they're slowly throwing a little bit better guys at him, you know. He's been, you know, active, pretty active as well. So, I mean, you know, see what happens, man. We'll see what happens if he, when he gets in there with somebody like a Nagano or like a, yeah. uh, you know, Steve um, Miocic or anybody, yeah, Derek Lewis, anybody. We'll see what happens. We'll see what's next for him. I don't know really who would be next at this point. Right, right. I mean, he, he looked a little more comfortable out there. Um, you know, Gabe, you think like you know he he kind of settled down and he kind of basically has a future in the UFC at this point. And you yeah, you know Dana yeah, White, cool. you know Dana, excuse, Dana White is definitely rooting for a guy like this. I mean, ex football player uh, and, and somebody who's known maybe for not the right reasons in the NFL, but yeah, you gotta think that Dana White wants to see this and, and see him progress. But I, he looked more comfortable. Did you think so? No, yeah, I, I do. And, and like I said, as far as the outside noise about his personal life and all that stuff, you know, that's that that's what it is. But as far, as far as the fighting goes, I'm starting to get more respect for him because, like I said, he takes every fight they throw at him. He takes short notice fights. He just wants to fight. He wants to be better. Like, you know, I can't hate a man for wanting to be better at that at that sport where a lot of people wouldn't even do it yeah. you know, for a dollar. So it's like, no, I, I definitely respect his skill set. and He's only getting better. He wants to be the heavyweight John Jones. So it's like, hey, why not? And, you know, like Chris said, it's only a matter of time before the competition steps up. I think he's 6-1. and one. So yeah, he's he's actually he, I I actually don't mind him watching him fight. So I think yeah, he has a future in the fight in, in the fight game. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's had a had kind of like a weird history here. You know, in the UFC at least. You know, like that first fight, he went out there, um, got disqualified, uh, mm-hmm. due to you know hitting a knee while mm-hmm. um, do you believe his fight? Alan Crowder. Yeah, he was on the ground, and then the second fight, he won knockout. Um, there was a fight where he, he was fighting and, um, he used the inhaler in between rounds. So, uh, that pretty much was overruled. So it was a no contest for him. Um, and then, um, before this fight, he unanimously lost his fight, um, by decision. So, you know, I think this has given him that confidence the next time. I think he, he fought a good fight though. Um, it's always interesting yeah. though. I, I like seeing like the cross, you know, platforms of, of these guys, you know, be out, we see like a guy like Brock Lesnar, um, you know, you saw Ronda Rousey go from USC to WWE. So, I mean, just kind of seeing where people kind of cross reference into different sports when it comes to like fighting, it's, it's still kind of cool to see. So seeing a football player make it kind of raises, you know, it's got to raise the eyes of other guys, you know, football players that are, you know, on the, on the status of Greg Hardy, where maybe football isn't going to work out. You can go to try MMA and, and put your mind to it. So, no, that that was good for him. There was other football players who made it as well. So it's like that's another route they go, I guess, Yeah. for those guys if they can't do any other sports. So, yeah, it, it's, it, it's been done before. So, you know, Greg Hardy, what he's doing isn't original, but at the same time, it's been done before and he's been taking advantage of it. Right. Before we get to the main event here, um, we ha- had Nogano defeat Rosenstreak. Um, and very very quick fight i literally went to the bathroom uh at the wrong time of that fight i thought those guys were kind of gonna kind of stick it out <laughs> i come back i'm like why is the arena empty and there's go or 
golden purple lights on the arena right now because <laughs> I yeah, swore these guys were I fighting. Yeah, it's crazy. I think man, he's a he's a, a, a one power knockout artist. So you know, Biggie Boy was I guess talking smack before the matchup and called him out and this and that and the other and boom. And, it's, and and when he punched him, I saw the replay. It's not like he he didn't catch him flush either. He kind of nipped him, but you hit the right spot, it'll knock you out. So, but yeah, it was so fast. I come back from a break. I'm like, wait a minute, why is why are the doctors around this fighter? <laughs> Why isn't Ghana looking down at him? Like, what happened? Did he kill him? Crazy. And you, you kind of needed one of those on a, on a night where you know the the sports getting some attention. You kind of need to get one of those in there, and, and they got it all right. Um, oh. The the other main card uh, event, uh, Qatar defeats Jeremy Stevens, uh, TKO on strikes, and then um, we round out the entire night. What a good fight. Great fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson, man. How about that fight, fellas? Fight of the night. Dude, fight that was night. that was something that we, I felt like, you know, based on the last couple of fights or fight nights or pay-per-view nights we've seen, this is this was, this was great. This was a good one. Um, mm-hmm. I think the last thing I remember watching was John Jones, I think Bones fighting uh, beginning of March... Maybe before no February, and then there was one in March. I can't remember um, March exactly because of the coronavirus. But um, you know, uh, this was a good one. This was a good, good fight. Um, how do you guys feel about the interim champion, Gaethje? Gabe, how you feel about him so far? Yeah, but before the fight, I kept. I, I was telling you, I was telling people on message boards. You know, it, it was lots of battles going on message boards. I was like, Gaethje can win this fight. And my reason for that is because of Tony Ferguson's past fights. Tony Ferguson's fought a lot of little guys. You know, I'm, I'm not diminishing his 12, his 12 fight win streak because it's impressive. But a lot of the guys he's fought were smaller and didn't have a whole lot of power. So I kept saying, if Gaethje catches Tony with a punch, will he get up? Now, he didn't knock Tony down. But after, even after the second round, when Tony got the uppercut to drop Gaethje, the round was over, so he was saved by the bell. I was like, Gaethje got this fight because of all the counter hits. He kept countering Tony's left hits, his jabs. He was counting the whole entire night. The leg kicks ate him up. I was like, okay, you know what? After that second round, going to the third, I was like, Gaethje got this. If he stays composed, which he did finally, and a patient Justin Gaethje is dangerous for the sport. Because the old Justin Gaethje, after hurting Tony Ferguson, he would have went wild and crazy, blew his energy trying to knock him out. This Justin didn't do that. He was calm. He was patient. He was taking the shots perfectly. And I felt bad for Tony because in the fifth round, when he caught him, like, flush, I think with a left hook, to see Tony Ferguson shake it off two times like that, that's unheard of. You never see Tony look like that. I was like, oh, man, Herb Dean's got to call the fight. And... Immediately afterwards, he called the fight. Tony was walking. He was fighting dead. He took so many hits. But, yeah, I, I called Justin Gaethje winning, I, I guess, a little earlier. But, hey, he took the decision fight or the TKO. But Justin Gaethje's nothing to mess with, man. He's serious power in his fist. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what I went to you first, Gabe, by the way. But, uh, anyways, uh, Chris, I, I know you, you know, we, we talked about it on the show last week. Uh, has your perspective changed about Justin? Or did, did you, is this... Did you expect Tony to kind of pull this one off in decision? Yeah, I did. And I, and I don't know if it goes, I don't know if you point more credit to, you know, I mean, Justin Gaethje's a hell of a fighter, man. That guy's gotten better. He has it all. So it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, it was just wasn't Tony's night or Justin's that good. Yeah, it's just like, it's tough, man. He throws bombs. It's like when you, when you got a guy coming at you like that and he he's willing to take shots and it's like, He's hitting you with shots. I don't think, yeah, Tony just really hasn't seen that before. He and usually he's able to, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's usually able to control the ring and like, you know, and, and I don't know, I know Tony, I feel like Tony needs to focus a little bit more. I know it's tough to say. I know that's part of his like shtick is, you know, messing around and, you know, doing the dancing and this and that. But, you know, I feel like if he's just focused a little bit more, that's easy for me to sit here and say, you know, so, but, but, you know, I just don't like to see that, you know, personally, but that's the thing, you know, that's what makes him loose. And it's like, 
you know, that's this one fight. You know, if they fight again, so you know, who knows what happens. So, I mean, it's like, it was just that night. That's what, you know. Yeah. But one more thing about Justin Gaethje, the guy can wrestle. You never see it because he never uses it. So it's like. Yeah, that's what it was a whole stand up fight. They didn't go to the ground once. Yeah. It was a stand up whole fight. But Justin's a hell of a wrestler. You, you wouldn't know it if you didn't know who Justin Gaethje was because. Yeah. So Two times state champ. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the Khabib fight would be something else, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. For sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny because you say that, Chris, and I'm like, well, what more do you want him to do? He took shots that. You know, even the guy said in the commentary is that any other fighter in that, you know, that ring might have been out, you know, the second round, which is like, wow. You know, because mm-hmm. when, when Gabe was giving me some feedback, I'm like, you know, you, you think Gaethje might might take it? And, and you know, it's kind of like I had I, I had the gut feeling that Gaethje might take it in maybe like unanimous decision. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. it got almost close to that decision, but... um. You know, technically it was considered as the stoppage considered as, as a knockout, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was just interesting to see the power hits, you know, hit after hit. I mean, but that that's the main event fight that you want to see, though. And I think they put on a good yeah. show, but it's like, you know, it's like, like you said, Chris, like, you know, you want to see him, you know, kind of get a little bit more focused, but then again, it's like, man, the guy took some blows that no other, you know, fighter probably could have taken without surviving, and still was able to get as far as he did before the referee forced that thing to stop, you know? So I think it was an entertaining, great fight, Um, you know, transitioning into what's next for these gentlemen. Hopefully it is. And I want to see a Dana White, a fight Island. Um, And we're going to get Justin Gaethje and Khabib on a fight Island. Um, How excited are you for that game? Look, here's how I feel about this fight. It can go two ways. It can go number one, the way Dustin Poirier fought Khabib is which is you know it was, it was that way where he tried to punch his way out and didn't wrestle and boom, you know Khabib took over and won the match. Now number two, if if Justin Poirier, uh, if uh, sorry Justin Gaethje actually uses his wrestling, I would love to see his takedown defense versus Khabib or even his offensive wrestling you know prowess against Khabib because they're both wrestlers. But Justin Gaethje is obviously the, the the better puncher, the power puncher. So it will be interesting to see who out wrestles who, because Khabib is regarded as probably the best at the moment. But I would love, love, love for Justin Gaethje to actually wrestle for once. It take Khabib down, ground the pound them in the hell, take the title. But he doesn't like to wrestle, so we'll, we'll have to see. Wait and see. For sure, and, and supposedly we're supposed to get that summer. Uh, I mean, technically. I mean, are we in summer technically on the calendar? But I mean, yeah. So they, that's a quick turnaround time for Justin. Uh, meanwhile, Khabib, he's, he's supposedly just been posting all these training videos, so it's going to be wild. What about you, Chris? How uh, you know, how do you feel about the fight, Khabib and Justin? Uh, I mean, I, I like it, man. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, Ju- Justin Gaethje, uh, I guess he's got medically cleared after this fight on Saturday, so, I mean, yeah, he's good to go. Um, no no suspension or anything like that, so, I mean, yeah, I guess he didn't get too too much damage. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he should be ready to go. I guess Khabib was saying, oh, he's got to really wait for his Ramadan to be over, and then he's going to start training, so, um, yeah. yeah, it's looking like it's going to be right on point. Yeah, uh, Fight Island. Looking excited for it. Look, anytime Khabib fights, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm hopefully, hopefully the trash talking's there. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it's gonna be a great, great fight, man. Well, I mean, even Con- really even Connor's in the mix of it too. He's still try- trying to talk his trash. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I know we always we talked about Connor before, but I mean, whenever you can get him so with some attention and you can get him in a ring, UFC just blows up. I mean. Everybody and their mom is watching, man. They're watching Connor, so I'm I'm really excited for the sport, guys. Like I really have gotten into it since uh, this is my second year, really kind of giving some attention to it. And and ESPN's done a fabulous job of really trying to broadcast and market it and, and make it easy for us to watch. Obviously, outside of pay per views, um, but they make it really easy to advertise you and entice you to buy a pay per view. By the way, um, but you know how it goes. You know, it's it's it, it's beautiful. It's 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 on the rise. Um, there's so much more talent. Uh, the trash talk. It's it's almost like you know 
you're getting the real deal of wrestling when you were a kid <laughs> you know almost compared to that mm-hmm. but it's really entertaining. I really like it. Um, and, and I mean, these guys are just stri- straight up going out and, and fighting. You know, you get some of the antics, like the whole stuff with Connor before and the trash talk here and there. I mean, that comes with this comes and goes with the sport. But ultimately, these guys really come together and, and they gave a great show, great live show without fans. It was great. I got to say it one more time and again and again. It was, it was just beautifully done. Um, and it can it can be done without fans, right? I think for the rest of the year, we we can roll this way. I'm cool with it the rest of this year. If we can't see fans in a stadium or an arena, um, Vegas opens back up and they start doing the Vegas, you know, every couple weeks or, you know, they do their fight nights every Saturday and then we get into pay-per-view once a month. Uh, I think I think that'll be satisfying for a lot of us here. Um, fight Island, though, I'm looking forward to it. Um real quick guys we do have a fight night coming up there uh chris any any thoughts on uh the fight night coming up yeah tomorrow got the uh smith first tick share uh looking like a good card honestly uh ricky simon my boy's on there uh michael johnson uh so yeah got a nice little uh 11 card 11 you know fight Card tomorrow. Uh, Anthony Smith coming off the hand injury, trying to move his way back up and talking back into title contention and stuff. So he needs a win on that. Um, Alexander Hernandez needs a win. It's a good fight. Drew Dober. Uh, so yeah, Carl Robertson. So yeah, some good fights, man. They're getting right back at it. I mean, how, it's free how do you feel about like um, the time placement, like a Wednesday night? Uh, yeah, it was interesting for sure. Uh, I don't know how or why they did that. I hopefully they'll get into that a little bit, talking about it maybe on the broadcast. Um, but I think that they just had so many, you know, fights waiting to go because they yeah. had to cancel, you know, five, six, seven weeks. Um, now they're kind of just playing catch up. Yeah, kind of. I mean, they got you know probably contract obligations and stuff they got to do. So they're they're yeah, they're chugging along as business as normal. So I mean they got they're promoting that the 250 already. I know they have um the Nunez I mean, fight Nunez, on there. Nunez, yep. Uh so I mean they're they're going full steam ahead. I'm hopefully hoping they add another fight onto that and you know hopefully they announce where that's going to be at. Maybe back in Florida, uh, not too sure. Yeah, because on Saturday coming up on the 16th we're going to get um a fight night again. It's Overeem versus Harris as one of the main cards there. Uh, Cole mm-hmm. Maine will be a, a woman's fight. Um, looks like Claudia Gadila and Angela Hill with that co card there. Oh, and, Angela Hill, nice. All yeah, right, here we go. That's going to be All Saturday right. coming up. Um, and then you'll get another fight night the following Saturday on the this looks like uh, they have one scheduled for June 20th right now. Um, that is scheduled. Um, and in between that, looks like June 6th, like you said, will be that uh, 250 that will come up so mm-hmm. i mean this thing's slated there's things set up and like you said maybe it's just to kind of play catch up is the reason why they're doing these back to back so it looks like it does level out to saturday nights um once this week passes by since they're back um but yeah june 6th is actually the next pay-per-view event i'm looking forward to seeing amanda nunez it's been a while um and um it's glad it's glad to have this this has been great um we're gonna wrap this one up guys any shout outs uh, mm. uh, I don't know. I don't have any shadows this week. I mean, Chris is on like back to back right now. Like he's on back to back podcast nights. It's it's been uh we've been working him hard ever since um we discovered he's a young superstar cup and coming. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh man! All the all the athletes on his Instagram can't mess with that. <laughs> he's the man. <laughs> oh man we we had a good pre-show conversation by the way everyone but uh yeah you're the man chris you're the man um you are the man i, I just want to shout out everybody listening man you know check us out at baselinetimes.com check us out uh, at baseline times twitter instagram we're on there you'll find us uh we're doing great things we're doing good things you know we're doing great things um sound like the orange man um, but we're doing great things. We're trying to do great things. And uh, we, we just want to make this entertaining, fun. We want to make it, you know, something you want to listen to. 
Um, you know, shout out to everybody that's listening. Shout out to you two. And, um, you know, anybody listening out there, you want to come talk about sports, you're dying because there's no sports. You know, you know what our, we know where our DMs are at. We're here. Um, I really don't have any shout outs, guys, but uh, I just want to just show love, appreciation. Hopefully we can get movement coming up this week about sports. Some solution. Um, that's what we can hope for. You know, obviously, I, I just think the best interest of, you know, the society and, and everybody out there, you know, that's what matters first. Um, that's about it for me. How about you, Gabe? You want you have any shout outs tonight? Man, not tonight. Nothing exciting happened. So nobody's going to me. Dude, the last dance, the last two episodes is coming out. Like, I, I don't know what else happens after that. It's like you kind of go back to like that first initial quarantine shock where it's like, wow, like we really don't have anything to do. Sunday nights are going to be empty. Maybe I can go to bed a little earlier. I don't know. Yep. Kind of figure it out. See what's going on. Chris, Arizona's opening up Zach Sports. So professional sports looks like they got the green light there in Arizona again. So that's hot off the press. Maybe yeah. uh, we can put Yeah, maybe UMG will come here. Yeah. Well, they do play in Arizona a lot. So, yeah, I don't see why not. They do have, uh, uh, I guess, an arena they do fight at a lot. So, it should be fine. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a Florida and Arizona partnership. You know, what's up, NBA? We're here, mm-hmm. you know. All right, man. Well, gentlemen, oh, yeah. it's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. We'll Bye, see you man. on the next episode.